Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting. I am your host, Tom Barton, from Sports Garden Network. Go check us out at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. It is week 15 in the NFL, and it's getting down to the nitty-gritty here, guys. It really is. When you're sitting back and you're talking about the NFL season, I, I think we've had a lot of separation in the last couple of weeks. We once believed that the Kansas City Chiefs were the preeminent team in the AFC, and they were just kind of going to go back. I think that... Generally, we are all starting to feel that uh uh-oh feeling for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? That uh uh-oh feeling of not only might not they make it back to the Super Bowl, that they may not win their own division. And I can say the same thing about the lowly Miami Dolphins. What a pathetic performance. And every time that this team has been given any opportunity to prove something this year, they have fallen flat on their face. They have three huge losses against three teams that they would have to compete with. And right now, you look at the Miami Dolphins and you go, yeah, it's certainly one and done in the playoffs, but do they win another game? I mean, their schedule is absolutely brutal after the New York Jets this week. And the way that they played on Monday night can't give you any confidence for them to go out there and beat the New York Jets. So we are starting to have a lot different feelings about different teams. You talked to me a couple of weeks ago. I would have told you that, look, and I did tell you, actually, that Philly hasn't played a complete game yet. Yet, their record was sparkling. Well, a couple of weeks later, here we go. Philly looks very vulnerable. Dallas looks fantastic. They have a big road tilt this weekend. The Chicago Bears were left for dead. We were talking maybe they would get the number one and two pick in the NFL draft since they own Carolina's number one overall. Suddenly, the Bears are back in the picture. Denver's back in the picture. Rising from the dead are some of these teams. So we're going to get into all of that. I like quite a few plays on the board this week. Look, last week, I liked a lot of underdogs. They did come out. I told you guys I was leaning the Jets pretty heavily. Uh, I told you guys I like the Raiders plus a three and a half. I mean, that was a sweat, but sure, we got that. Uh, A lot of these three, three and a half point underdogs, I was on top of, right? I mean, I I told you, look, these are the games. I love the Bears. The Bears are my biggest pick uh, in about a month. So this is what now we are starting to focus on. Teams that are flying under the radar, teams that maybe are coming back from the dead, as opposed to the quote-unquote big horses. You know, you could start fading certain teams at this point. People just look at records overall. So let's get into it. You thought last Thursday night's game was a was a bad game. Well, how about Chargers-Raiders in a game where they may bench Aiden O'Connell? The line is three. The later, Raiders are still three-point favorites. Uh, Justin Herbert out for the season. The Chargers hopefully will have a new head coach because Brandon Staley just isn't it. And Easton Stick will be on the road for the first time. Division game on the road. Easton Stick, hold your nose if you're taking the points, but we could be having Brian Hoyer and the Raiders without Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's just so many injuries in this game. Look, I know it's a standalone game on a Thursday night. Now, I know that you guys want me to go in-depth about this and talk about it, and maybe the over-unders are appealing. I know there's like 78% of the people going on the under. I think that there could be turnovers here. I think there should be, could be short fields here. It's just not something that I like at all. And 
I've said this time and time again throughout my career, and I'll say it again here because this is the perfect case. If this game was on a Sunday afternoon, would you touch the game? And the answer for most of us is absolutely not. So does it matter that it's on a Thursday? Unless you're one of those guys where I just want action. No, no, no. Don't go just for action here because you're putting yourself in a bad situation. You're setting yourself up for failure. This is a forget about even watching. Spend time with the family kind of day, right? Give them a Thursday because you're not going to give them a Saturday this week or for the next couple of weeks. Uh, getting down to Christmas time, you know, we're about 10 days away here, 11 days away. So you're going to turn around, hey, say, hey, let's go ice skating, right? Let's go do something like that. Hey, you got go with your wife or your girlfriend. Now I'm going to give you a Thursday night. Watch that. We haven't had a Thursday night together in a while. Uh, yeah, this is a, almost an unwatchable game. I won't be going anywhere near it. I don't even have a lean for the game. Saturday, we do have three games on the board, right? So Saturday is going to be an interesting day because there's three games on the board. And for me, in a lot of these games, you could almost call them elimination games, right? For a lot of these teams. Minnesota-Cincinnati, I believe that this is an elimination game for both of these teams. I, I, I do. Look, you can argue and you could hem and you could haw about, well, maybe they're already done. Uh, yeah, okay, I get that. Or uh, maybe they could lose and still come back here. Look, Cincinnati is 7-6. and six. Can Cincinnati go 7-7 seven and seven and still make the playoffs? Sure. But it would put them behind the eight ball with a lot of teams that they are chasing. As for Minnesota, you look at the Vikings, again, seven and six. Can they go to seven and seven and still make it up? Yeah, especially in the NFC, sure. But they're also reeling. They're in a spot where they're changing their quarterback. They might be, have a different running back. Now, Justin Jefferson will go. We don't know how effective he's going to be. But Madison is probably not going to play in this game or he'll be limited and Ty Chandler come in. Nick Mullins looks like he's going to be the guy. So who is he going to throw to? T.J. Hawkinson. The Bengals defense has been much better recently. Um, and all of a sudden, people all love it on Jake Browning. But it is Minnesota and that Minnesota defense, which has been pretty fantastic this year. Here we go. Early start. Cincinnati's three-and-a-half point favorite. I don't love laying three-and-a-half with Cincinnati, even with the problems that Minnesota has. I don't love laying the three-and-a-half. But I think I have to in this spot. And, and I kind of lean the under, if anything. I, I could see this game being... 17, 14, 2017, something along those lines. And, and that's why I don't love the three and a half. But you have to look at these injuries and start to understand that Minnesota is, is reeling right now. They may be seven and six, but they are in a downward spiral trying to grasp on to that last shred. And I do sort of believe this is an elimination game. Whichever team goes to seven and seven, yeah, they can make the playoffs. Just don't know if they will with a loss like this. Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, you could have sort of the same kind of conversation. Pittsburgh is 7-6, and six, and Indianapolis is 7-6. and six. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-6. and six. They have now lost two horrible home games back-to-back -back in consecutive weeks to the Cardinals and the Patriots, two of the top three worst teams in the NFL. So Pittsburgh is certainly struggling. If you go to 7-7, seven and seven, again, I just gave you the same reason for the Cincinnati Bengals. You go to 7-7, seven and seven, your season's in jeopardy. Same thing with Indianapolis. Minshew looks better, but all of a sudden, this team can't run. The Colts' uh, offense just simply can't run the ball all of a sudden, and, and that is a problem. Look, I think the Colts are the better team, uh, top to bottom. But I've watched this Pittsburgh team over the course of the year, and I've watched them create big turnovers. I've watched them create big pass, uh, you know, interceptions and knockdowns and fumbles and, and just kind of get it done. I'd be real hesitant to lay points in this spot against a Pittsburgh team that has their backs against the wall. I think Tomlin will have them focus. Here's the thing, though. I'm not jumping on Pittsburgh because we don't know if T.J. Watt or Highsmith are going to come back from their concussion protocol. If I knew T.J. Watt and Highsmith were in there, I'd be inclined to wait to take it to the three, or there are a couple sports books that would have it at three. Maybe I grab the three with Pittsburgh. 
But where it stands today, no. That again, once again, one of those huge games where you go, yeah, too many injuries to worry about. And then we have the primetime game, Denver at Detroit. Look, will it kill Denver if they lose this game? No, probably won't kill them. They'll be 7-7, seven and seven, just like I said about the rest of the AFC. But the thing is that the Chiefs are 8-5. and five. But the Chiefs are, and we'll get into it in a little bit, uh, Chiefs are likely to win this week as nearly a 10-point a favorite. Uh, and, and you go, okay, well, the division will be out, and then you'll be in a spot, Denver will, like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at, at 500 and kind of trying try to fight and claw back. Now, Detroit's not in danger of missing the playoffs. Detroit will make the playoffs at 9-4. and four, They kind of got to win one more game, in my opinion, in the weak NFC to secure it. But Detroit looks bad all of a sudden. Right? Suddenly, Detroit looks bad. The Broncos, though, have the worst run defense in the NFL. And that could be the difference here. The Lions can absolutely run all day with Gibbs at Montgomery, and that's why they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. And they're at home. That's why. We know that Jared Goff does not play well outdoors. We, we understand that, right? We also know that Jared Goff plays exceptionally well at home generally. Well, he's back at home in the Dome, doesn't have to worry about war, you know, anything, no weather or anything like that. Since week nine, though, Jared Goff isn't the problem. The Lions' defense is the problem. They're the worst pass defense in the NFL. The Broncos have the best pass defense in the NFL. When you're talking about defense against defense, the Broncos are much better. The Lions, over the last three weeks, their defense has gotten worse. I mean, they have just been terrible. You could even go back even further than that. They're letting up just routinely 30 points. Since the start of week seven, the Broncos have gone 6-1. and one. Like I said, the defense has been fantastic. They have a plus 11 turnover margin in the last eight weeks. They're allowing only 15 points per game. It's top two in the NFL in both turnover margin, top two in the NFL in points per game. The Lions, the exact opposite. They have been terrible on turnover margin, and they're letting up almost 29 points per game. That is something to pay attention to. Also, a cute little, uh, unique little quirk here. The Broncos, 10-0 to the under in primetime games the last 10 games. Russell Wilson hasn't had an over in a primetime game in 12 games. Now we go on to Sunday, Bears-Browns. Look, this is a real tough spot for both teams. The Bears have to go on the road here, have to go on the road in a a hostile environment against a defense that at home is a top three defense in nearly every category at home. They're just a different team. And Miles Garrett is just a different team at home. They are a turnover machine at home. Uh, defensively, they are fantastic. The Bears have to go travel and try to take that on. They also lost uh, Ngakwe this week, which could hurt this team. But the Browns laying three points in this spot is ridiculous to me. Look, no one is paying attention to what Chicago is, and this is why I took advantage of them last week, and you thought that people would catch on, and they're not. The Bears have the number one defense over the last three weeks. Since week eight, they are number top, top five defense overall. Montez Sweat is a big part of this. They are really, really, really defensively just keying in and and absolutely dominating teams. Cleveland is missing their strong safety, their defensive tackle, and their defensive end. So Justin Fields can have a lot of good, uh, I I don't even want to say, you know, touchdowns, but good chunk plays because he's going to have some time and he could go over the middle. Uh, Guys, obviously more uh, will be great, but guys like Cole Komet could be huge here. But the thing is, is that Cleveland's missing three offensive linemen against this defense. 37 and a half is the total. I'm leaning the under. I'm leaning the Bears there. Atlanta against Carolina. Falcons are three-point favorites on the road. Look, last week, Carolina played well. Carolina had more first downs than Tampa Bay. They had 100 more yards than Tampa Bay. And they actually had a good rushing game. 
The problem is the Panthers lost two fumbles. They had a blocked punt return for a touchdown, and Bryce Young took four sacks. He also looked terrible again. The Falcons lost a heartbreaker to the Buccaneers uh, in that game, and you look at the Bucs, and they were kind of beat up. This is a, a weird game where I'm kind of looking at Carolina. I just don't know if they keep shooting themselves in the foot, which they've done all season long. The Giants have Tommy DeVito getting six points against New Orleans. The Giants look really good on Monday Night Football. A lot of that was just Brian Dable just outcoaching uh, Matt LaFleur. Let's just be honest. That's exactly what happened. And do I think that Brian Dable can outcoach here as well? Maybe not, but six points is a lot to give. DeVito on a short week, though, against this kind of defense, that doesn't make me give you any kind of uh, uh, enthusiasm for the Giants. I think the Giants can keep this close. I don't see another win. And six is in that range where if this was seven, I'd probably jump all over the Giants. If it was three, I could buy it down to three and a half and take New Orleans, even though I don't like to buy points. I mean, I can see that. I think I think New Orleans wins. I think they win by four, five, six, right around there. So I'd probably lay off this game. Tampa, Green Bay. Tampa Bay linebackers are still injured. They're still banged up. And that, to me, is the core of this team especially defensively with White and David. You have to have both of these guys back at at least to take a shot in this spot uh, with Tampa Bay. But Green Bay, look, they lost on Monday night. Jordan Love was looking really good, and the defense was looking good, and and now they kind of hit that that lull. Look, they're not as good as they looked when they were great. They're not as bad as they've looked when they were bad, but their defense is bad against the run. And here we go. The Bucs have not been able to run the ball at all. They are 30th in rush success rate, uh, 24th in EPA per rush. Tampa Bay needs to run the ball here, and they just can't. And that's where I think Green Bay has the advantage being at home as well. I mentioned this game. The Jets are nine and a half underdogs to the Miami Dolphins, and people loading up on the Dolphins. This may get to 10, but it wouldn't shock me if it comes back down to like eight and a half or nine late in the year, late in the week is usually when the underdog money comes in for a team like this. Look, Wilson looked great last week. It was nasty weather. I mean, nasty weather in New York. Wilson had 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. He was 27 to 36, and he played FU ball, and that's what I said he was going to do. He was going to turn around and say, no, 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 look, you guys have buried me as a franchise. I'm going to play FU ball, and that's what he did. Look, like, I got a text message from my partner uh, over there uh, in Las Vegas on my Heatwave Sports Show, uh, Tim Ungersby, who wrote, hey, he looks like BYU Zach Wilson, a lot of people forgot what that looked like. Well, he looked good. Now, in the first matchup here, the Jets lost 34-13. But let's remember, it wasn't a Zach Wilson game. And I can't believe I'm using Zach Wilson, but it was a different Jets team at that time. Um, This is now a Miami team that we're looking at in a different vein, and we're looking at with a different light. Sure, they lost Tyreek Hill, and he might be out for this game. And sure, you lost a 14-point lead. But let's be honest, they were abused the entire game. Tennessee had more first downs. Tennessee had more total yards. Tennessee had more yards per play. Tennessee was the better team. And I think that the Jets and that defense can give them nightmares for this game. Another one that's nine and a half against New England is Kansas City. Another nine and a half out there. The Chiefs will probably not have Pacheco running back there. That hurts them. The Chiefs are kind of a mess. We know what Bill Belichick's going to do. He's going to take away Travis Kelsey, and he's going to dare Patrick Mahomes to beat him with somebody else. And what has that shown this year? They haven't done it. And we all look at Patrick Mahomes on the sideline and Andy Reid, and, oh, they're angry. Oh, it's a revenge game. Oh, they're going to be pissed off. Yeah, maybe, but they haven't been that team this year, right? I mean, they just haven't. Meanwhile, New England looks like Bill Belichick's out the door. 
Uh, I think he wants to go out and prove some points, and this would be a really good game to kind of go out with approving a point. I don't know if they could do it without no Rashad or Ramondi Stevenson, but Elliott looked really good last week. They also get extra time to prepare. This is also the second time that New England has been nine or more point underdogs. The last time as 11 and a half point underdogs in 2001, they went 44 to 13. And 82% of the bets are coming in on Kansas City. I'm just not calling New England dead and buried at this point, guys. I'm just, I won't call it, even though it looks like maybe the corpse is there. Texans, Titans, this will be one of the best games of the week because of the playoff implications. Look, I talked to you about what it was shaping up to be. Well, here's seven and six Tennessee, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Texans, who are now reeling, maybe without C.J. Stroud in this game, which would be devastating. They're certainly going to be without Tank Dell, and it looks like Dalton Schultz might be out. Well, that really hurt last week, one of the reasons why I was against the Texans last week. The Titans, they're five and eight. They are on the upswing. Can they get back into this thing? You look at their schedule and you go, okay, they're five and eight, but they won two of the last three. They're coming off a big Monday night comeback. They have the Texans in Seattle back-to-back weeks at home. Then they travel to Houston. Then they get the Jaguars at home. Tennessee, two weeks ago, when they won that game, well, it's now three weeks ago when they won that game, uh, they turned around and they they basically said, look, we almost have to win out, but we think we can. And you looked at the roster, and then you looked at the schedule, and you go, yeah, maybe they can. If it's Davis Mills, I'm not counting out Tennessee at home. That's why they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Biggest line on the board, San Francisco's 14-point favorites against Arizona. I hate laying double digits in the NFL. You saw what happened if you did it this week with San Francisco. You got burned. You did it this week against Miami. You got burned. Arizona is probably the team that you least want to bet on, so I understand just passing on this game. But the Cardinals, look, their defense is in a bad spot, but they are coming off of a bye week, so maybe that's a glimmer of hope. Rams, Washington. Washington's defense is just terrible, and that's why the Rams are six-and-a-half-point favorites here. Commanders allow the fourth most receiving yards and most touchdowns per game. If you're looking for prop bets, Cooper Cup and Puka all day long, but mostly Matthew Stafford. Sam Howell wants a shootout as well, but the Commanders, look, they're coming off of a bye week. I don't think they could figure out this struggling pass defense. And why? Well, they traded away their two best uh, defensive linemen, and their secondary was a problem. I mean, this is what we know. Not going to be a weather concern here. There's not going to be any issues. I think this could be a shootout. To me, this is a game that if you're looking for an over-under, this might be it. Dallas-Buffalo, you could call this the game of the week, and I absolutely would not argue that. I think it's very, very, very simply the game of the week. Buffalo is a two-point favorite, and you're going, why? Dallas is the better team. Dallas has been the better team. Everyone's on Dak. Everybody loves it. Uh, you know, Buffalo was dead and buried two weeks ago. They got a lucky win against Kansas City, as many people will call, because, uh, of course, uh, of the penalty. Dallas is a very different team on the road. Very different team on the road, and that's a reality here. The Cowboys, last week, were one of my best plays, okay? Why? Because at home, they just put up 40 points. I mean, that's what they do. But at home, here's the differences. At home, they're 7-0. and On the road, they're 3-3, and okay? They lost a game to the Cardinals, guys. The Bills, on the other hand, they are 7-6 and six on the season, but they're 5-1 and one in games at home. Yeah, completely different team. The Bills' defense has been really good at home. They're allowing 14 points per game in Buffalo. That's something to pay attention to. The Cowboys have the highest scoring offense at more than 32 points a game. But this game is outdoors. This game isn't at home. This is one of those games. Cowboys, in they're 1-2 and two in games since week 5 outdoors. They don't play well outdoors. That's a problem. And then you turn around and you go, why is this spread where 
almost 80% of people coming in on Dallas, and the line is moving up to Buffalo. Something to pay attention to. Things that make you go, hmm. Baltimore, Jacksonville. Yeah, this is I, this is why I said I think Buffalo-Dallas is the game of the week, but this could be. Baltimore-Jacksonville, interesting game. Baltimore now up to three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Look, the last time Jacksonville was on Monday Night Football, they didn't show up. I, I mean, they just didn't, and they've looked bad since then. The Jags have given up more than 30 points in back-to-back games. The Jags' defense couldn't stop Jake Browning, couldn't stop Joe Flacco, and now here comes Lamar Jackson. Jackson's coming off one of the best games of the season. He threw for 316 yards and three touchdowns against the Rams, and that Rams defense hadn't allowed a 300-yard passing game this year. The Jags have surrounded 265 yards per game through the air. That's 31st in the NFL. Quarterbacks against them have nearly a 91 QBR. That would be one of the worst in the NFL. The Jags' defense is real bad in this spot. We're all looking at Trevor Lawrence and saying what he can do. The problem is this, is that Baltimore plays down to their competition. They just do. Look at their history. Look at what they've done. They play down to their competition. This is a game where Baltimore has an opportunity to really steal and just secure that number one overall seed. They have to win this game if they want that bye week, and I think that bye week is massively important to them. Philly, Seattle, Philly's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. In Seattle, Monday night football, the Eagles are having problems. We understand that, right? We know that the Eagles defensively are just bad right now. And this is, again, one of the reasons why I took Dallas uh, team total over last week. They've allowed 33, 42, 34 the last three weeks. This Eagles defense is a problem. But wait a minute. The offense is an issue also. They've only scored 19 and 13 the last two weeks. Tough spot for them, right? But Seattle may not have Geno Smith, and that's a problem. Now, you look at uh, the secondary for the Eagles. Yeah, DJ, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith. Yeah, all of them should feast if you have Geno Smith in there. And I think that this is the Geno Smith game where if he's in there, sure. If not, uh, it could be a problem. There are only eight teams in the NFL that have surrendered 240 yards per game through the air. I just talked about one of them. Well, the Seahawks and Eagles are both on that list. So if you're looking for an over, this might be the spot there as well. So that's going to do it for week 15. Look, early in the week, to me, early in the week, I'm staying away from most of these games. I'll stay away from the Thursday game. I'll probably stay away from all the Saturday games, although I'm leaning Denver and maybe the under there. I don't see anything that jumps out. Really going into even the early Sunday games, I do like the Bears and the under, okay? Uh, I'm leaning the Jets. Maybe I if that gets to 10, I might have to go well, with New England. It's the late games that really get me. The Washington Rams total is intriguing. The Dallas Buffalo total is intriguing, as is Buffalo, by the way. The Jags Baltimore total is intriguing. And the Eagles-Seahawks total is intriguing. But for me, I'm going to take Washington Rams. Or give me the over there. To, I, I think we have a shootout uh, for both of these quarterbacks, and they're going to be happy with a shootout for both of the quarterbacks. It's going to do it for Week 15, guys. Enjoy the week. Stay warm. Next time we talk, we're going to be talking about Christmas-type games. All of that and more next week. I'm Tom Barton for Sports Garden Network. Go check us out at sportsgarden.com. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.